perfect. Sure. Okay. Well, that's how that's how you feel about it. It's always not perfect for the person that's leading. <sighs> I know. That's the that's the downside of being a leader, bitch. Good evening. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That was awful. <laughs> that was uh, traumatic. Um, oh I'm sick of your fucking headphones. I'm going to throw them in the goddamn ocean when I get there. Do you have Bluetooth headphones in? No. I have wired headphones. You know why? Because I trust them to work each time. I'm going to give that one to you. I should probably f- fucking get on that. <coughs> the problem is everything has Bluetooth capability now. So it's mm-hmm. like, anyway, we don't need to talk about it anymore. It's really, it's really upsetting me. Um. <laughs> How was your day? Uh, It was a day. It was good. I woke up. There's a boy here who likes me, and that was nice. He's not a boy. He's a man. He's a man. He took took my daughter to the bus stop this morning, and he took her to go get breakfast sandwiches first. I thought that was really cute. You guys are still courting. Yes. Which is nice. Yeah. Leaning into that. And he fixed my car, and he cleaned up my house today. It's very nice. Yeah, that's a lot. If I can get George to clean the fucking litter box. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't have anything else to do here. He is kissing my ass right now, though. Wow. Which is funny. As he should be. Yeah, he was being a dick. Don't get mad at me for being a dick back. I met with the energy that I met with. <laughs> I meet you halfway. I know, I could hear all too much way. of that argument. <laughs> I like looked Sorry. at Corey and I said, they're fighting. <laughs> He said a mean word, and she said a mean word, and they're saying mean words. <laughs> you go low, I go lower. Don't I know it? <laughs> so I've lived my life for 23 years. <sighs> I don't know if anything that I just said made any sense whatsoever. I'm trying so hard to like calm down right now. Between the technical difficulties, work, which we're not talking about, don't even mm, don't even talk about that's it. That's not. And then his bitch ass being shitty to me about work no yeah it's um it's 12 degrees here but it feels like zero degrees and my bedroom has a single pane window in it so i'm freezing to death once you get below like 32 degrees it all feels the same once you get Mm. below zero degrees it feels painful it already feels painful (laughs) because it's never just temperature here it's always windy and the wind is always whatever extreme of the weather you don't want it to be like if it's if it's 110 degrees that wind is going to be 130 if it's zero degrees that wind is going to be negative 20 i guess that's true when i lived in maine we had a lot of trees to break the wind yeah we don't have that here <laughs> you don't not really you get tornadoes tornadoes you extra wind <laughs> We we order wind by the the gallon in bulk in bulk on a pallet. So what's in the news today, Jamie? Dude, I haven't checked the news in weeks, and you know what? We're gonna get into a lot of why, but I've turned inward. My soul has been crushed by the last few weeks. Don't Good have for it. You. Didn't have it in me to look outward for a while. I'm watching a lot of Real Housewives instead, which is not news, um, but is how I'm choosing to live my life right now. The only thing I did to turn inward recently was 23 and me. <laughs> Other than that, I'm still getting my news from RFK Jr. newsletters and Twitter. Great. Great. Yeah. Nothing biased. 
No, of course not. No, only no. only just the news I want. <laughs> only pure journalism. Just the news that I believe in. Well, to be honest with you, I'm just so sick of listening to anything to do with Donald Trump or Biden for that matter. Like I'm just so sick of seeing their faces, hearing right. their voices. I just can't stand it. Do you and think that's all anybody fucking talks about? I think it's weird that when we were kids, there was just like one set of news and it was like fact. Like the news was facts and we could yeah, back when verib- verifiably prove that it was factual. We all believed it. Yeah, it was when there was still uh, an ethical code <laughs> that applied heavily to uh, journalism. Now there's these like flavors of news and it's like, which mm-hmm. which flavor of bullshit do you want to inject into your system? And like, I, I mean, we all pick a flavor. Like we all are like, that's the one I want. And none of it's unbiased. People keep pretending like they're like, well, I look at the most unbiased version of the news. And I'm like, no, you don't. You just pick the one that like feels like what you want to look at. Yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> I get it because me too. That's why I listen to podcasts exclusively for my news. I really just can't anymore. It feels like everything is so hopeless. Um I'm I'm looking for any excuse to escape. I'm drinking. I'm smoking. I'm watching (laughs) movies from the 80s. I watched The Fly last night. Oh, I've never seen The Fly, actually. Oh, you got to watch it. Yeah. I thought we might be able to relate on this a little bit, but you got to see it. It's so good. It's one of those ones that, like, I always mean to, but haven't. It's kind of gross. It's kind of gross, but you can handle it. It's fine. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm trying to like look through BuzzFeed to see if there's even any news there, but all I saw was Jacob Elordi, and I then I started thinking about Saltburn, and I don't even know who that is. Everybody's talking about Saltburn. What the fuck is Saltburn? It's it's a movie. A lot of gay guys talking about Saltburn actually, because it's really gay. Oh, okay, good for them. It's like shockingly gay without ever being explicitly gay. Um, <laughs> shockingly gay. Uh, I, I, I knew all the major beats that were fucked up and I still was like, Oh God, <laughs> multiple times. Well, I'm, I'm probably never going to watch it you unless you get a really good. Well, you just give me a good, give me a good, give me one reason to watch it. <laughs> um, a guy fucks a grave. I'm in. Yeah, I know. That's all <laughs> I needed to hear also. <laughs> I was like, is his, I saw a picture and I said, is his dick in the dirt? And, uh, is it like a dead boyfriend? It has to be. Kinda, but not really. Mm. Uh, unrequited love. Yes, it's like I'm very, it's very like, gives you that feeling of like when you're first really into someone and you're like when you're young and you're a goddamn psychopath about it. Like, you would probably tear off your eyelids to, like, just be in this this person's skin because you're young and hormonal and nothing makes sense, you know? Well, and so you, how old is this this individual college uh, age? having intercourse with, with said grave? I mean, he must be, like, 19 because it's, like, I think freshman college. There's a lot of stuff in the dirt, too. Mm, yeah. I can't imagine that that's safe or would feel good. It's not the only gross thing and not the grossest thing, probably, that happened in that movie. That's wild, though. Yeah. Uh, it really pushed some bars. I think that's why people are talking about it, because it's been a long time. I think since the director was, like, willing to just just 
push it in that way. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I could be wrong, but I think it's a female director. Which somehow gives me like the tingles that it's that it's a lady that chose to uh, to really just do this. Yeah. Emerald Fennel is a lady. Female filmmaker Friday. And uh, it says Saltburn director Emerald Fennel says she thinks the film's infamous bathtub scene had such a big reaction because it is both diabolical, revolting and unbelievably relatable. Bathtub scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this overtly sexual? Uh, like, yeah, but like also nah. Like, did you <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Bridger? Did you watch Bridgerton? Yeah. I did not watch that, and I heard it was overtly sexual, so I didn't watch it because I don't want to. I just don't want to watch like halfway porn. It How do I say this? Uh, Bridgerton was like romantic Victorian tingly stuff, but like Saltburn is like it makes you revolted by each sexual thing and it's supposed to because the salt and the dirt burns your genitals the name of the the place they go to is called salt burn <laughs> oh well, that was close yeah that i mean i would have thought the same thing i thought i just a good reason of, <laughs> as any but in my brain it was like a really gory graphic horror movie. So I didn't want to watch it, but then I kind of read the plot first and I was like, well, now I have to watch it. It's a movie, not a series. It's a movie. Okay. It's on uh prime, I think. Yeah, it is. He's telling me to watch it because it's like, you like gay guys. You <sighs> like horror. Yeah. And it's like, it's like not horror, but it very much is horror. It's so hard to explain. You're you're uncomfortable. You know how like Midsummer's like barely horror, but it's very horror all the same time. It's stressful because that's how Saltburn feels. Like at every moment, you are stressed the fuck out. Did you see Mother? Yeah, it's a lot like that too. That yeah. feeling of that feeling of being ill at ease. Also, Jennifer Lawrence's acting chops and Mother are Amazing. out of this world. I know. Yeah, no, I never really appreciated her much before that. But I think it's, what's that act, uh, that director's name? It's uh, Darren Aronofsky. I mean, yeah. he can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. He does make a, a really uncomfortable movie. It has a way of, of putting women in roles that are incredibly good but uncomfortable. I know Hereditary was A24, but was that also him? I don't. Who the fuck directed Hereditary? I don't think it was him. Let's see. That person, whoever that was, deserves more credit if it's not him. Ari Aster. What else did he do? Which makes sense because he also did Midsommar. (laughs) Okay. Yep. That makes sense. It looks like he's pretty much the A24 director. Yeah. Ari Aster. And then the witch. That that genre of, of stressful, slow burn horror. Like, it's a slow burn, but it's so stressful that that it's not like a slow burn, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he just has a way of doing things that are just incredibly uncomfortable also. And I, I love a horror movie that just makes me uneasy. Like, There's I don't a need particularly vile horror movie that I'm really hesitant to watch because it is very, very sexually graphic. Like, it's got Willem Dafoe and Charlotte 
I want to say Charlotte Tilbury, but that's a makeup. It's got Charlotte some some I forget what her name is, but um, it's like horrifying and sexually graphic, and like they, it's like a cabin in the woods kind of movie. I've seen it. It's called Antichrist. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Okay, Except that well, I do, re- seen... like, I everything you're saying is, like, clicking, but it's been a long time. I feel like the stuff that I've seen from that movie were so, like, the clips that I've seen on Reddit, but, like, trying to, like, prepare myself for that level of, like, sexual violence. Yeah. I, like, was so just out of this world that I wouldn't be able to forget it if I saw it. I don't know if that's... Are you sure this movie you saw? Yeah. Just, like, a tree? Yeah, I've seen it, and I watched it, and I was uncomfortable. It's just, like, the main plot that I can't remember. I know what you're talking... I, like, I know the scene you're talking about. I just can't remember how it fits into a story. I think probably because I'm traumatized from, like, the scenes that, like, I'm like, what was that even fucking about? (laughs) Where she jerks him off and blood comes out. Yes, it's disgusting. Apparently, I don't. I mean, this is just this is just hoopla on the internet. But I I want it to be true. But uh, they had to use a different guy for Willem Dafoe for Willem Dafoe's dick because Willem Dafoe's actual dick is too big. <laughs> the director thought it would be distracting. <laughs> I also want. That I believe to be true. It. Yeah, I believe, it's fact. I believe it. Yeah, uh, you heard it here my first. My feelings are facts. That's Willem how I Defoe feel. Has so a big ass fact. dick. Yeah, has to. Has to. I mean, you have how could to. He not? You have to. Nobody looks like that motherfucker. Nobody looks like that and gets as much pussy as this man gets without having a big do dick. He, do you think he? Not? Oh yeah, he has to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, not that that not that size matters, men, boys. Not that it matters. <laughs> matters a little, but. There's a there's a there's a certain charisma to a man that knows he's well endowed. And I feel like Willem Dafoe with the face he has, it's not a bad face, but it's a unique face. It's also and not like it, a you, good face traditionally. It's unique. He's not a classically handsome man. He was when he was younger. He just yeah. aged really weird. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, there's a certain charisma that comes with the awareness that you're well endowed. Right, right. It's like a chick with big tits, big mom, <laughs> sure. natural mommy milkers like you. You've got them big natties, and you you walk. Around, you know, you know when you're pulling them out, and you know when you're feeling Just good about pull it. Pull them out a whole lot. <laughs> no, you don't. But I, you know when you're wearing a low cut shirt, you know what you're doing. We all do. It's like sure. when I wear tight pants. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Just got a fat ass. I want to be treated nicely that day if i'm wearing tight pants i'm feeling very sensitive (laughs) and i want to be treated nicely (laughs) because people do they are nicer to you when you look good that is yeah that is true and you never know who you're gonna run into i've said it before and i'll say it again keeping those options open no 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 i mean (laughs) like um no no my my mate despite despite our our recent um i'm sorry did you call him disagreement no no my Oh, me him? Mate. Yes, I did. <laughs> my, uh, me mate, you know, me old, as, as, oh. as inbred as I just found out I am. Come on. Uh, <laughs> it's a 23 and me thing. You wouldn't understand. Uh, the royal you wouldn't understand. Jamie totally understands. But, um, yeah, him, it that guy. It teaches you things about yourself the that love, you didn't The love know. of my life so far, oh. despite the uh, <laughs> recent... Uh, unfortunate encounter we just had you know um, I don't listen to mommy and daddy fight and I didn't like it 
George's uh, well, mommy. I'm just saying, like, I'm not looking for another, I'm not looking for another, um, I'm not looking for another coupling. Mm. I'm just, Why you never know who you're going to run into. you say into. so clinical? Oh, you, you, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> but you, every, every, um, autistic, whatever. Every time you go outside, you there is the potential to run into an ex who you feel particularly, you know, mm. uh, bad about, and you want them to feel bad about how they treated you, and like they really missed the boat. Sure. And so when they see that fat ass or those big mommy milkers, they're gonna be like, "Damn, I fucked up." See, this and I the, want some of them to feel that way, as we all part. do. If you if you deny that, you're lying to yourself. Oh no, you always do. You want them to feel bad. I, and I mean, like where I live, I'm I'm luckily blessed to only have one ex in the area. But when I move back home, that door just mm. blows wide open, doesn't it? <laughs> it was wide the fuck open. Just uh, just you're just open to your many high school experiences being at your door. Does, um, or just anybody that we were in marching band with. Shout out Miguel. Hope you're doing well. Hi, Miguel. Um, hola. (laughs) Is, it's, uh, hola. Does, um, this is a a generic white millennial name, so I'll just say it. I don't have to bleep it. But does Jason still live here? I, I don't know. I think so. I hope he does. I think he does. Because his (laughs) wife is, she's a gremlin. I'm not sorry. Pretty. I don't want to say don't that get about it. anybody. I shouldn't. She seems very nice. She, but there, she there's is potential. Pretty. Also, I don't know how nice you can be. I don't know how nice you can be if you're married. Yeah, to that's him. true. I really should be nicer to her just because she's married to him, and it's probably awful. She deserves trauma pay more mm. than likely. More than likely. But he was also probably checking her out, if not cheating on you with her at some point in time. Oh, he was. He was. Oh, well, then fuck her. You can't, yeah. you can't fuck with another woman's man. And vice versa. Men who have no respect for the sanctity of relationships. I say I have a boyfriend, and you I don't, don't know if care. She knew. If I say I have a girlfriend, it's like, are you sure you're gay? And then you care a little bit more, but it's like, it's just so much mm-hmm. easier to pretend that you're gay. Because then they're like, well, there's no chance. But if you yeah. say you have a boyfriend, they're like... Well, he's not your husband, is he? And even if he was, then it's still like, well, I, you know, I've got the fucking... Uh, do you guys have the area code rule? I can meet you outside of the da 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 da. So stupid. Men are so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> feeling some type of way right now. But they are. They no, are dumb. I get it. I get it. I'm feeling like very fond at the moment. Like I'm. We're in different places. You're in like an established long term relationship, and I'm like, oh my god. No, he's apologized, so nice. and it's fine, and we're good. But don't take your work day out on me, bro. Because I will fucking meet you there and then some. (laughs) She's like, I will teach you a thing about a bad day. will wholeheartedly. Even if I didn't have a bad day. You don't get to do that. You don't get to take your fucking day out on me. You can vent to me. That's one thing. But do not tell me to shut up. Do not call me stupid. Do not call me crazy. Do not fucking say any of those deplore. Like, you're the one person that I'll take it from anybody else to an extent. But, like, you're the one person that that shouldn't be coming from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's it's just different. Like, I can take a lot. But if the person I'm dating, like, with a serious voice calls serious me, like, a bitch voice. or something. Was, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a serious voice. Yeah. Like, I know you're not joking right mm-hmm. now. You're not joking you're being serious and you're mm-hmm. saying a mean thing and I 
I just don't think like there's just like a mutual respect the relationships are built on. Yeah. And if you don't have it, then what's yeah, the point of the you relationship? Can't that shit under the rug. You need to point it out right then and there and squash it in the moment. Don't go to bed angry. Yeah. Mm, it's just, yeah, no. Yeah. One thing I've learned after all of these years is going to bed angry is the worst. It's good to have your space. Like you can be like, leave me alone so for a few hours, but like, don't go to bed angry. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because then you wake up and it's just all still hanging in the air and it sucks. And it's, you've ruined basically. two days basically instead of just squashing yeah. it at the end. Unless of you one. wake up and there's like flowers. Yeah. But men are <laughs> stupid. <laughs> George is actually pretty good about that kind of thing, but yeah, that's good. Something Spaniard. Jamie looks like um, 2007 Gerard Way right now. Yeah, I didn't realize we had such a similar face shape until I'm pretty impressed. This actually. Can you hear the loud yeah, laughter in the cute. background? I expected it. I'm glad. <laughs> He's watching shows with the girls. I don't know what they're doing. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got on here and I was even like, wow, I'm really like in my, my chemical romance era. And then shannon typed and she was like you like gerard way and i was like wow and then i told her she looks like (laughs) she she looks like megan fox from jennifer's body right now specifically not the king the scary part which i'll i'll take that honestly nothing they're watching can george was watching underworld and george was like uh he i know what he meant to say but the way he said it was fucked up and he was like Oh, she's like the the really pretty vampire version of you. Mm-hmm. I was like, heard, but. What I meant to say is like, you're the really pretty human yes, version exactly. of her. <laughs> See, women are better. You automatically just fixed it. That was a whole fucking like, that <laughs> was a whole fucking thing for him. What, I mean, He's like, what am I supposed I mean, to fucking say? Yeah, I know, just stumbling and bumbling. Men. I love men. It's I hard do. for I just, them. Uh, I'm just PMSing. just such weird little creatures is gerard way gay no are you sure he's a wife i heard he used to be fat is there any truth to that he is currently fat i believe like when he stopped being the front man of my chemical romance and he started like making comic books and shows he kind of just looks the way he wants to look now there's no fans out there trying to overly sexualize him and stuff so what's your favorite album black parade it's actually probably not my favorite. Um, TV. It's hard because it's so I have like hard. favorite songs from like each what one. What was the one that? Shut what up. was the one that you were uh, listening to when we were in high school? It was not Black Parade. What was, was before that? Um, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge was like the okay. big one back then. But my like honestly, like when I really think about. Like when I found my chemical romance, it was with the that vampire song. Vampires will never I get don't you. Know what you're talking about. Or never hurt you. Sorry. It it was just like this banger of a song. I don't know. It was just like it was different than anything they made afterward. It wasn't very emo. It was more like weird gothy. I mean, that's music. classic. They all wind up emo. But I used to love Bolt for my Valentine. I love their first album. But I can't, mm. like that's about it. That's really about it. Like there, there's such a stark contrast between the first album and the rest yeah. of them. The cycle of like uh, a dark 
sensitive artist always ends up in emo for a while at least. I mean, Bullet for My Valentine fucking stayed there and got so but um why AFI this way? <laughs> AFI was another band that I used to kind of like and they they were always a little emo but for like for that genre I appreciated them. What was the what was the it was December Underground, right? Mm-hmm. You burned me the CD. That's very nice of you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, so good. We can- yeah, well, I mean I think that AFI was like this really cool blend of punk and emo that like they really made it work in a way that other people could. I think quite they do were it. legit screamo. Right. Well, they were a punk band and then, yeah, they were more screamo than emo mm-hmm. probably, but they just, I don't know. They just hit this very, this very cool balance between like being authentic to like their, their roots and evolving at the same time. That's very cool. I appreciate that about them. But I don't like their new stuff. Not that they have new, new stuff, but it kind of ended for me in that, in that one album. December, or yeah, December Underground was probably like the last one I was really a huge fan of. Um, the black cover. <laughs> Sing the Sorrow. Sing the Sorrow. The oh my God, December you're so right. Oh, how do you remember yeah. these? You just have like encyclopedic was, emo knowledge. I have Spotify oh, okay. <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> I have this. Uh, I have this this uh, gift. No, I've never been good at remembering album names ever, unless it's a Coheed and Cambria album. Like it's it takes a pretty specific band, and I will have been following them for a very specific amount of time for me to be like, oh yeah, that album. Yeah. And since I've been following Coheed and Cambria since I was like sixteen, everybody that liked those bands was on. Uh is now on lots of pills. Like Coit and Cambria? No, they're all just dads with motorcycles now. This makes me... When I go to like a Coit and Cambria show, I'm just like, wow, this is an upper age bracket, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is This is what my parents looked like when they were going to poison concerts at the amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I... I did. Yeah. I see now the segue. Lots of pills. Lots of pills. <laughs> well, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we do need to address this because it's been it's been the main. Um, not that we need to be consistent because we don't know we don't really owe anybody anything. We'll get on Except a schedule. For our Patreon people. That yeah, makes me feel a little we'll, bit bad. We'll, we'll, we'll get on more of a schedule, but I feel like, you know, the patrons understand. A lot of the patrons luckily know exactly what's happening. Um, but yeah, you're right. We should address it that um, that uh, mommy's mental health <laughs> kind of took a nosedive. And, and honestly, we've talked about it since we started the podcast because that was around the same time that I started getting medicated. Yeah, we've been touching on it here and there, but it's always to no avail. Mm-hmm. It's like you're starting this new pill and you've got all this hope or yeah. you're really scared yeah. or both and then it doesn't work out or it works out for a little bit and then it stops working and then you're on to the next one. You've been a human guinea pig for the past year, essentially. And uh, yeah. that's yeah. not good. No. Um, and then about two weeks ago, it kind of all came to a head. Um I was put on Wellbutrin, which is fine. I just, that's what I wanted. I wanted an antidepressant. I didn't want to do any more antipsychotics. I just wanted like a nice, a nice little antidepressant, something cozy, like a sweater. <laughs> we'll remind the listeners again of your diagnosis. Uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, and and that seemed to resonate. It really did. Um, it still does in some ways seem to resonate, but sure. a little less now. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been cycling through antidepressants or not antidepressants, antipsychotics and mood stabilizers for a while now. And, and yeah, you know, with, with, uh, great side effects and personal risks sometimes that, that did cause me a lot of anxiety and, and really made everything feel very, very nerve wracking and, and not, not for nothing with very little comfort from the doctor mm-hmm. who was prescribing them to me, except that like I needed to stop looking up all side effects and just take like your pills do she was giving me. Also, just um, like tell you to stop doing something, please. First of all, if you're a if you're a first fucking, of all, ma'am, I have anxiety. If you're a goddamn like psych professional, it's like telling somebody to calm down. You can't just tell somebody to stop googling shit, and they're gonna be like, oh, right. well, right. And what got me was was finally she prescribed me one. Um, I asked her for an antidepressant. She said no. She gave me a mood stabilizer um, and yeah. told me not to look up side effects and then wouldn't tell me what the side effects, didn't tell me any side effects. And so I went home and found out that the one thing every provider should tell you is that you need to be on the lookout for any sort of rash because a small population of people get a rash that kills you. Yeah. That is extremely deadly. Kills you dead kills you dead and i i did get a new healthcare provider and i went to her and she was like oh Damn. when i prescribe this to patients i tell them to check their body head to toe once a day because you need to go to the er emergent immediately if you get any sort of rash anything and you have to stop taking it right oh away Oh my god so it's not even like worse. which it. can also cause the rash if you stop taking it too quickly so it's a whole thing no it just was too dangerous yeah. like it's a, a when it works for people, it works amazingly, but it was just too risky for me. Yeah, no, you can't do that. As a single mom of two small kids. And and so, you know, this new provider started me on Wellbutrin, and that was fine. She did warn me that sometimes that can make your anxiety worse because it's a little stimulating. And, you know, just to be aware of that. So, you know, I'm taking it. Everything's chill for about a week. And then I start noticing that my anxiety is is growing and it is getting worse. And around this time, I, I also had had high blood pressure. So I stopped drinking caffeine kind of altogether and just trying to like better myself. <laughs> and well, I feel like not to stop you, not to interrupt your thought, no, but good, I feel like good. anxiety is a, is a bit of an understatement. You were having panic attacks with like breaks of just your body had to sleep and then waking up and having another panic attack. Like you were it just having non started. lighter yeah it started off just like an increased anxiety anxiety sounds like nothing yeah well but i mean it did it just started off with like increased anxiety it Mm -hmm. wasn't so bad it was manageable but it kept growing and we stopped the wellbutrin right away and it continued growing um Mm -hmm. and so i just i like was getting through the day but just barely and it, it did. It felt like a panic attack that just wasn't ending every single day. Like I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Everything sucked. Um, I was having to like shock my system with like cold showers to come down for a little bit. You know, um, oh, it was just really awful. And last week I went to work with the intention of being able to work and function 
And, um, and then I was in my director's office shaking and crying and telling her my chest and my arms hurt, like felt tingly. Um, and so she made me call my mom and go to the ER. Mm-hmm. So that was fine. They did some blood tests, some blood work, you know, they hydrated me. They kept giving me Versed and because they were out of Ativan. <laughs> and what is Versed? Versed? I've never heard of. It's just another benzo. Benzo. Okay. There's it's it's of... usually what they give you before you go um, under anesthesia. Oh, okay. So it's like an but, older benzo. Yeah, like but it's like kind of shorter working than like an Ativan or something. It's so, I mean, it was, it was okay. giving me about two hours of relief at a time. Okay. Um, yeah. But I was, I did feel relieved with that, but I knew every time it was just going to come back. Right. So somewhere in there, my, my healthcare provider had given me gabapentin and stuff and that was fine. And, uh, but when they did the blood work, my TSH, which is a... Thyroid stimulating I, hormone yeah. is what it is. It's your body exactly. naturally produces it. Was a little low, which means hyperthyroidism. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mine was just a little low. And my T4 was fine, which technically is subclinical hyperthyroidism. So I... So you had probably free T3 in your blood, if I had to guess. So I don't. That's also totally fine. So I went to my doctor, right? We did That's more labs. We did more labs. Um, so when your T3 and your T4 are fine and your TSH is off, that's that's subclinical hyperthyroidism. However, right. for some people, some very sensitive people, that's enough to send your body into full state of panic. Um, it, it can dump adrenaline into your body. It can do a number of things. Um I already knew I was sensitive to hormones because every time I get pregnant, I'm puking for six months Mm. and I'm in the ER constantly. Hormones are just not my friend. I, when I go into menopause, it's going to be a piece of shit day. Same. But different, different, uh, different shit, same, same show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So my doctor put me on methamazole, which is an antithyroid medication. And here I am. About a week later, and I am a hundred percent different than I was. I can tell. Like I, I have like a little bit of anxiety here and there, but honestly, I'm completely level. I'm totally fine. Um, we're gonna go do a thyroid ultrasound tomorrow, and that should give me an idea of like what's going on in there. But you know, she said for some people, this is enough, yeah. and it just is what your body is capable of processing, and. This has happened to me three different times in my life now. And the first time I went to the psych ward and they loaded me up on mood stabilizers and benzos and antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And, you know, when I got pregnant with Violet, I had to stop taking everything. So my hormones regulated because I was pregnant. The second time I was on methamazole for a little while... And they told me that that was curing me and I was fine. And I didn't need to take it anymore and I would never need to take it again. And now here I am in the same boat. The thing that gets me about all of this is that my first healthcare provider, the first psych, 
psychiatric med provider I saw. Without an evaluation and without lab work of any kind, told me I had a disorder that could only be treated with extremely dangerous medication, gave it to me, and basically told me to shut up and stop complaining about it. Without a single lab being run. Yeah. And by dangerous medication, you mean like heavy antipsychotic meds. Yes. I mean, shut up and get out of my office. Could have changed my life. Like, could have given me tardive dyskinesia or dementia or, um, you know, or killed me. That last one could have literally killed me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the lack of, of compassion. And understanding and and the eagerness to push medication. Now, when I went to the second psychiatric med provider, she was great. She was like, I need you to get some labs done. I need you to get a psych evaluation. Like, we need to make sure there's nothing physically wrong with you. Amazing. And that's what you're supposed to do. So now. Yeah, and it's sad that that's amazing now. (laughs) Right. That that should be the standard of care when you're going to put medication into someone's body that affects their fucking brain yeah i um i can't believe i mean i i can believe it because it's a lot of these healthcare providers as you put it because they're not providing healthcare. they're they're doing something they're doing a secret third thing but they are in the pockets of um these pharmaceutical companies i I Mm -hmm. learned a fun fact that here in America, the uh, National Institute of Health and the Food and Drug Administration have a responsibility to tell us if this medication is going to potential, potentially be harmful to our bodies and um, if there are any adverse side effects that we should look out for. Mm-hmm. But because they hold, um, they stand to gain royalties now, like in this day and age, they stand mm-hmm. to gain royalties from the drugs doing well. They're not looking for bad things about these drugs because that would mean that they're not going to have their car paid off as quickly or their new yacht or boat or whatever, you know, or or their student loans or their kids loans or whatever. You know, they have like a certain standard of living that can no longer be met by conventional means because inflation is so fucked up and it's fucked everybody up. They're intentionally overlooking these bad side effects or they're telling uh, indirectly these healthcare professionals to not pay so much attention to the negative side effects and pay more attention to what it could do to help you. So you're not really, you're not really, unless you have somebody that actually is a bleeding heart mm-hmm. and cares about their profession, you're not really being told the the, the wholehearted 100% truth, unfortunately. Like I just went to the doctor yesterday and had a bunch of labs done they came back fine which is good but he looked at my so i have a heart condition as we as we know and i'm drinking red wine don't worry (laughs) but (laughs) but um i had Mm. been experiencing symptoms of that since i was eight years old as far back as i can remember i've been being hospitalized for what we thought were panic attacks And I do have panic attacks now because I'm so fucked up over how many times I was hospitalized when I was actually having a heart episode when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a diagnosis until I was 20 fucking five. 
and I couldn't find a decent cardiologist until I was 30 fucking five, 10 years later. This year is when I found the first cardiologist to tell me what was actually going on. Yeah. This doctor, my doctor, uh, you know, he means well, but at the end of the Mm day, he does want me to level out and stop being so uh, aggressive, essentially, and like grilling him. And so he was like, well, the cardiologist said that you can be on birth control if you wanted to go back on birth control. And I was like, look, he didn't say it was good for my heart. He said if I wanted to do it to level out a little bit or to put my mind at ease about getting pregnant, I could. But at this point, I've been off of birth control for so long, there's Mm -hmm. no point in going back and then coming off of it again because that was horrible. Yeah. So you're telling me now to get back on, on synthetic hormones so I'm less of a problem for you? Oh, and also maybe you're getting some sort of kickback from the pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's, a, it, you can't trust anything. Like, it's so hard to trust that people are looking out for your best interests. I mean, someone in my HR department today, like, was talking to me about all of this, and she was like, um, hey, I have a family friend who does malpractice law, like, Maybe you should call him kind of Maybe stuff. you should. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It sounds like a lot of stress, but. It might be worth it because I really do think a lot of people are probably unaware of how wronged they've been on a, just a legal level alone by medical professionals. Yeah. Well, I don't know and if they've done these anything. People, these people need to be slapped down. Like if you're going to sit there right. and, and allow yourself to be bribed, if you can be bought, you shouldn't be in a position of power over people's health. I'm just not convinced that, I mean, since, like, I'm fine at the end of the day, that that I can prove damage was done to me. But I don't know. I went through a severe thyroid episode and had to work and, and missed work. <laughs> that's damn. That's damage. Yeah. You talk to a lawyer, that's damage. And you don't know if the amount of anxiety, uh, sorry, panic that you were having is going to have some sort of effect on your body that does like stress does affect your body heavily yeah heavily can kill you can is making my blood pressure go up significantly constantly yeah when you told me what your blood pressure was i was like i was downplaying it but i was like that's bad yeah it's much better right now um my diastolic still stays pretty high like not high on the higher end of normal but my systolic's good (laughs) now Yes. After being able to calm down. How sad it is that it took you this long to get here. How sad it is that like, that when, what gets me, what makes me want to do something is that like, this is a therapy center. This is where desperate fucking people are going. Mm -hmm. I had one appointment with a therapist and she said, yeah, I think bipolar too. Yeah. And they started treating me aggressively for that. Like, you're a medical professional. It Don't you want to get to know me a little bit, Doc? <laughs> well, it seems reasonable to, like, just look that the, the symptoms of hyperthyroidism and anxiety look exactly the same. Almost yeah. identical to bipolar 2. Like, mood swings, irritability, anxiety, panic episodes. Like... Depression. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things have very similar symptoms. So rule out what could be wrong with my body first. She never even took my blood pressure, dude. That's so insanely fucked up. 
Like when I went to the other doctor's office and they took my blood pressure. Yes. And it, that's all, I guess, you know, we have this like tiny little platform and, and we're going to rant about big pharma and how fucked up it is. But what I really want to say is don't let someone treat you if they aren't looking at your blood work and, and your stats. Mm-hmm. If that person is not checking your basic levels of how your body is functioning and they want to put chemicals that alter you into your body, don't. And if you have a bad feeling about medication, don't fucking take it. Do you know how many medicines I filled and didn't take because I was like, I have a bad fucking feeling about this. It's more damages. (laughs) Spent money on shit you didn't need. So much shit. So much money. And and I didn't take (sighs) them. And now I'm so fucking glad I didn't take them. And look, we're not just we should we should explicitly state that we're not here to dole out medical advice. No, we cannot. We cannot do that. Uh, this is not intended, obviously, to our no. limited audience to to be in any way, shape or form some kind of diagnostic tool. But we can share our experiences mm-hmm. and sort of let you take from that what you will. I can tell you that it is not unreasonable to demand that someone look at your blood work before they treat you. Not at all. That's the first thing anybody should ever that do. That is the first thing. They And if they cannot do it at their facility, there are outside facilities that do nothing but labs every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't have to have a PCP. You don't have to have, like, a primary care doctor. You don't even have to have fucking insurance. You can pay it out of pocket. Do not yeah. let someone push you into being afraid. Like, because I did. I let people push me a lot. And, and it's, it's left me in a place where I feel scared to go to the doctors, like scared to seek mental health again, if I need it. That's fucked up. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I know that I'm, you're in one camp that is probably equally as harmful because I go into it like a lot of other people like me and think that I'm smarter than the said (laughs) med professional, which I'm, I'm not. And I push them around to the point where they just like <laughs> throw their hands in the air and they just throw a pill at me and they say, take it, don't take it. I don't care, basically. <laughs> you know, like you just need yes. to calm down, regulate your stress. Like, and Amy, I, I will grill them. I will make them do my labs. I will make mm-hmm. them question me about my vaccine status. I will make that like he was he was asking me if I'd gotten the COVID vaccine yet. And I, I looked him dead in the eye and I was like, Doc, I'm never getting that shit. Sorry, mm-hmm. not going to happen. I've been advised by my cardiologist that it might not be a great idea. Might not as good enough for me. (laughs) And he shouldn't be saying that. That's how I know this is a good doctor, my cardiologist. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't be saying that. He has nothing to gain from telling me that I shouldn't get a fucking COVID vaccine. But when he asked me to get my flu shot, I was like, look, I'm doing doing an experiment this year. I normally get my flu shot. I'm not anti-vax. I normally get my flu shot. But in lieu of all of the covid stuff i'm just omitting this year i'm just skipping it this year i'm just gonna see what happens and maybe mud on my face who knows but i don't usually get a knock on wood so far so good and i don't i don't really know you to be physically ill very often and everybody that know that everybody that i know that does not get a flu shot rarely gets the flu unless they're older in which case then yeah you know take take measures into your own hands and and you know do the do the quote-unquote right thing to protect Mm -hmm. yourself but if you're young and able-bodied and in decent shape 
uh, and, and, and otherwise healthy. Like, do you need to be putting all of this shit into your body? Yeah. You know, and, and, and another thing too about, uh, (laughs) if I may, about these antipsychotics or just any kind of uh, psychiatric medication uh, in general is that I also heard (laughs) from another source that I will not disclose (laughs) Mm. that, and I believe this to be true because it is my experience having been on a lot of antipsychotics back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Things that we can talk about on, at a later date. But of all of the, um, specifically SSRIs, right? Antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, st- uh, statistically in America, they're only effective for half of the people that take them. And of those half, they're only half as effective as they're supposed to be. So the farther down the line you go, they're getting watered down in efficacy. Mm-hmm. So it begs the question, is there a better way and is there a more physical approach that we could take to this if doctors would bother yeah if 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 the if there if the standard of care was let's look at how we can improve this on a physical level first rather than pumping this person full of chemicals that might completely and permanently alter their brains Mm -hmm. and that's just not how we have it now no um There's so, I mean, we're making strides. There's like gene site testing now. And they did do gene site testing at my old doctor. And mm-hmm. part of that does tell you if you, I can't remember exactly what it is. Basically, if <clears throat> if you're able to synthesize folic acid correctly, um, which I'm not, which means that when I take supplements or pills, their efficacy is significantly limited. Um, and there are ways to help that. There are supplements you can take that then boost that receptor again so that these things are more useful for your body. And and does I mean, that mean that you have to take <clears throat> folic acid with your weird vitamins? Folic acid was not the thing that you should take to help with it. I thought that was weird too. Um it's L methyltrolene. Is that what it's called? L methyltrypoline? Sure, yeah. I think that's how I've been saying the it. L1. I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> the yeah, L1. One. Um, you, know what I'm, you know what I mean. That helps with the receptor to boost mm. your, your ability to synthesize folic acid. Um, I do also believe in the vitamin C component. Like take vitamin C with every um, supplement that does help absorption. At least for me personally. Everybody's body could be different. Yeah. But a majority of people benefit from taking vitamin C with supplements. Allegedly, this is not medical advice. Don't sue us. It's just, I think, I think what we're both getting at is that both of us have gone through mental health journeys that were less than ideal. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember as a kid that you were in my first experience with panic attacks and Oh, God. At least the first that, like, someone was saying, like, putting a label on it, like, this is a panic attack. And... Yeah, that's what the doctors told me it was. Yeah. And, and I mean, I I probably did have them at that point, but I didn't have a word for what it was. Um, mm. And it wasn't until I was significantly older that I was like, oh, what I'm experiencing is a panic attack. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember you called me and you were like, Shannon, my chest hurts. I think I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. I was like, or I'm having a heart attack, one or the other. Um, yeah. And, and we've both gone through these extremely long periods of being medicated for something that wasn't really wrong with us. And that's so 
frustrating. It's incredibly upsetting. And and here's the thing is like I'm I'm very pro people being on mental health medication. Like I I genuinely am very like if it works for you then that's amazing. Um I, most people need to be on something and that's great. Like it's fine. It's okay. The mm-hmm. world fucking sucks. Like <laughs> it's okay to need help with it. Yeah. But I just think we need to be questioning this a little bit more. Because people think, like, SSRIs are super safe. Like, everyone's just assuming now that, like, yeah, it's because safe. everybody's on them. Yeah, that it's super safe to take an SSRI or an SNRI or whatever, like a Wellbutrin. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are dangers there, too. Like, serotonin syndrome is terrifying. Yeah. And, and deadly. And, like, no, are you going to take it just by taking your Lexapro every day? No, probably not. But you also can some people can and you need to be aware of all the risks like why are more people not googling this shit <laughs> because they're just trusting their shitty ass doctors stop <laughs> like unless you really fucking trust your doctor and i i think it's great yeah, if you do and like i'm not yeah i'm not saying that all doctors are bad i'm just saying you got to you got to slap them into place every now and again you do have to grill them a little bit you do have to make them yeah, i i'm a firm believer in making everybody who's going to be uh, having some sort of impact on your life a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not, but I understand it. If they can hang and handle it, then they know that they can't push you around, which is something yeah. that I think a lot of people do um, subconsciously or just unintentionally because we want to trust the people that we go to. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to you want to believe that this person is going to have like an answer for you. And like I got really lucky. I got really lucky this time because I I genuinely thought I was losing my fucking mind. Like Yeah, I did too. I was really really scared that this was like a mental breakdown and I wasn't going to come back. I thought you were going to wind up back on the psych ward. I thought I was too. And if it had gone on much longer, I probably fucking would have. No doubt. Um and I, I mean, the only thing keeping me out of it was that I have two kids that, like, depend on me and no adult here to take care of them. Well, there are people, but not people who would really want to take care of them day right. in, day out. Um, You're their mother. And, it should be you. Yeah. And, and I got extremely lucky that my doctor listened to me and, and I mean, she could have so easily written me off as just having anxiety because she walked into her doctor's office and I'm just in there bawling (laughs) and just, just sobbing openly in an office by myself. And because I was scared that she was going to be like, no, that's not what this is. Like, it's nothing. And sorry, like you have to be on benzos all day, every day. There's nothing worse than having no answers, but (laughs) she took it seriously. And a lot of doctors, in the future aren't going to take that seriously because the level is so minimal and I'm going to have to fight to convince people for the rest of my life that like that minimal level shift is big for me. Or your thyroid levels. Yes. That like my TSH level could just be like 0.03 off and that's huge for me. Mm Mm-hmm. My like, aunt has the same thing in another direction. She has Hashimoto's disease and her mm-hmm. levels 
she has full-blown Hashimoto's disease. It's a thyroid yeah. thing. And her levels yeah. were so, like, normal to borderline normal for so long. Yeah. It took it took so many doctors to diagnose her. And now that she knows that she has it and she can treat it properly physically, mm-hmm. her life is, is so much better. Yeah. But thyroid, we don't, I don't, we don't have a really great understanding of the thyroid. It's a weird thing. And, um, the fact, I mean, the fact that we've had to change the food pyramid around so much should say something, should say a lot of things. Really. We're, yeah. we're, we're learning new things every day in, yeah. in the healthcare profession and we're changing a lot. And I think that these quote unquote normal ranges for, all of these labs you take may be normal for the majority of people or majority of people in the past in America, but they're not yeah. normal anymore because everybody, A, is on fucking so many pills and yeah. and, and, and B, our, our diet and our activity level and our stress level and our income, everything has gotten worse. Like so we are worse, declining yeah. physically, spiritually, mentally as a nation. We are declining as individuals yeah. and as a whole. So when you take a, a blood test and you you go by these standards that were established in the 50s and 60s, I feel like that no longer applies. Yeah. And I kind of well, know that, that that no longer applies. It's confusing anyways, because like I've been – I've had my labs done in two different places now. I had them done at the ER and I had them done at my doctor's office. And the standards they gave me were different in both places. Yeah. And the internet told me that point <sighs> 1 through point 4 is subclinical. And it's and then and then this one says point 0.35 and this one says point 0.36 and it's just it's it's different every fucking time. But I know that the medicine is working. So I know she's right. Yeah. And now I just have to defend that everywhere I go for the rest of my fucking life. And I feel like if you have physical evidence now that you do, you can. And, you know, God forbid, if you ever have to stop being seen by that doctor, which eventually will happen, then she'll... Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be in your record and she can probably write something up for you. And everybody should get that from a doctor that they trust if they are so lucky to have one. It's just unfortunately very rare. It just upsets me that it took this long for you to get to where you are and for me to get to where I am with my heart stuff. And like, I'm now full blown I'll say it because it is what it is. Like I'm, I'm full blown, like physically addicted to benzos. I don't mm-hmm. abuse them, but if I were to stop taking them, because I've been on them since I was 14 years old, or ugh, maybe even younger, I mean, it would throw my shit out of whack, and it could, you know, it, it could do an untold amount of damage. I, I really don't, I really don't know what. Yeah would happen if I just stopped taking them. I tried for a little bit in Maine and it was pretty awful. I, w- I wound back up on them just by a, a primary care doctor because they were like, this is doing more harm than good being mm-hmm. off of them. You've been on them for so long now. It's a part of your body chemistry. Like a doctor yeah. told me that. I don't the know how true that is. The symptoms of coming off of them are some yeah. of like the roughest ones. Even I was on Ativan only for 
a full year, maybe like a year and a half. When I got pregnant with Violet, there was just no mm-hmm. option. I had to be yeah. off of them. Yeah. And I remember for days I just laid on a couch shaking and panicking and feeling sick and being awful. Like it was just awful, but I, I had to put my body through withdrawal to have the yeah, baby. Shout out pregnant moms just raw dogging everything. That sucks. It's rough. I was on Lexpro, I think, through my whole pregnancy. Which also, I just want to tell everybody that doctors tell you that's okay, but my baby came out with a tremor from SSRI withdrawal. That's so interesting. It's horrifying. That's so interesting. (laughs) It's also my child that is autistic. So It's also your child and not the doctor's child. So there's a level of separation there. They don't care. All the way. There was a risk we unfortunately had to take at that time. Yeah. Where it was like, mm, do I kill myself because <laughs> I'm <laughs> like raw dogging life or do I yeah. risk like a slight issue? And she's perfect. She's wonderful. She's amazing. So it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, pregnant moms have to weigh a lot of things like what could happen to my kid so that my mental health is stable. Like... That's, that's that's a question you should never have to ask, but you do. Yeah. Like, and what are you willing to risk? And for me at that time, I was truly afraid that I wouldn't survive if I didn't take medication. Yeah. Um, and de facto, now, your child would not survive because of reasons. And that I, I had stay. another kid that I had to live for already. Like I had yeah. Daisy still. Yeah. So it's. You know, it's always a a risk. And and again, it, this is none of this is necessarily that we should be anti-medication. I just think that medications become a very simple answer to a lot of really complicated questions. Yeah. Like I was pretty committed when my heart rate was up that I wasn't going to try to get on blood pressure medication, that I was going to do everything I could before that, that I was going to adjust caffeine. I was going to adjust diet. I was going to work on all of this shit before I went to that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something we should do with more things. Maybe that's something we should do with more things. (laughs) Like crazy thought. Get rid of all these other possible options first. And I'm not saying that they'll always work because they won't always work. Sure. Sometimes you can't exercise your way through something or you can't diet your way through something, but sometimes you really can. And sometimes taking control of that can change things too. Well, think back to when you were running. How were you doing then? A lot better. <laughs> Mental health wise, so much better. I know when I'm doing my strength training, um, <laughs> I feel a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on my Sarah Connor bullshit, but it does help. It does help. I don't know it what it is. And it's finding the time and motivation to do that. But mm-hmm. I know after trial and error that it's so beneficial. Yeah, it's like you have to find time to do it at a certain point. For me, at least I have to find time to do it because yeah. I know it helps me. And a yeah. lot of people are out there like, oh, I couldn't possibly find the time or the energy or the motivation. <laughs> there, There has to be something in all of us 
that is willing to experiment just to see, just for shits and gigs, just for shits and gigs. If nothing happens, you've got nothing to lose. Well, you, you burned a few calories. Good for you. You know? And the, that this is part of the reason why I'm like so anti the 40 hour work week and stuff, because yeah, it is really hard to take care of yourself after working mm. for 40 hours a week and then taking care of kids or pets or a partner or a parent that is aging and needs your help or like or many other thing or but then to get to yourself you are almost always at the end of the list and yeah and the, we're giving our entire lives to to corporations that don't fucking love you back <laughs> no dude they're you're just another statistic and and at the end of it like what do you have money like that's good that's great but i don't know man i think i think the 40 hour work week has killed us yeah i'm i'm really not for it either we could have just been like out there like farming and painting and happy and instead we have credit scores and and 40 hour work weeks and apparently credit scores are only an american thing is that true i don't know don't have an answer to that that's question, what, but I do think it's primarily heard. American. <laughs> that's what I heard. Uh, I heard about this lady just buying a house in Italy and like talking to the guy. My cat is trying to uh, come okay. through underneath the door. But yeah, just talking to a guy and getting to know him and he sold her a house. Credit score be damned. And, and, and to think that that's possible gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like people can band together and... Um, spiritually insurrect the system, you know. Yeah. If we are, if we, if we're aware of how indecent we're being and care to change it, because that's a, that's another you know part of the puzzle that we can talk about at a later date. But I mean, we've we've been talking about how indecent people are to each other now, and just how terrible things have gotten on an intrapersonal level, just with our day to day fellow man. And how much we hate complete fucking strangers. And a lot of it has to do with how broke we are and how sick we are and mm -hmm. how tired we are. And even if you've got nothing else going on in your life other than your job, a 40-hour work week to come home after all of your bullshit and just like clean up a little exist. bit and yeah. exist. It's like it's like you're fucking tired. What are you what are you're you gonna tired. do? You're exhausted. Even if you've got nothing else going on. So if you've got right. kids, if you've got a sick husband or a sick wife or a sick partner or whatever I'm supposed to say, uh, they, yeah. them, that isn't feeling well. Or if you've got a friend who's living with you for a little while and it's like you're housing somebody who's in, in the in-between. That's a, that's a big thing, too. Like I, there's, mm -hmm. there's uh, pets. There's parents that are on their way out there there are, are friends so that you have to make time for there mm. is yeah there's a social life that you're supposed to have life allegedly that you need to have yeah like, yeah yeah no it's true it is true i'm not i mean like all jokes aside like you do you, we are social no creatures. i get it. i i don't have one currently and it it does it takes a toll that i don't have like people sometimes you're gonna be so overwhelmed when you move back <laughs> i know I'm excited to be overwhelmed. Ugh. Like, how do I make time for all these people? Yeah, no, I struggle with that. But that's something that we can we can figure out together. <laughs> we'll just run away from them and hide in a fort somewhere. Well, we'll just do what I do now, and I'll I you know I I pop up once a month, once yeah you know tw once twice a month, and we're okay. That's all. Yeah, that's, you know that's two days out of every thirty days. That's good enough. 
<laughs> so I messaged my boyfriend and said I was hungry and he sent me a DoorDash link. <laughs> Probably wrap it up. I'm getting texts as well. But yeah. um this was a nice succinct one. Yeah, no, sorry to be so serious, but this has been a huge fucking problem for the both of us for a long time, and it needed yeah. to be stated, and it will probably come back up at some point. Well, and I think it's kind of like the the problem that millennials are inheriting, to be honest yes, with you. Yes, this is a millennial problem, and it's going to be even worse for your kids. Yeah. And I or mean maybe you better. and the royal you. I, that's that's yeah. what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do right here, right now. Millennial yeah. Flight Club trying to save the world. But like, Millennial want, Superhero Club. I really yes, I really do want the, the the future generations that are now seemingly damned to to benefit from people like us, um <laughs> the deplorables like us and aren't in our age group standing up and saying shit like this because it is a huge fucking problem and it's not popular. It's not yeah. popular to say question your doctor question the substances that they're telling you to put into your body question whether or not your diagnosis is accurate it's not popular i stand to gain you and i stand to gain nothing from saying this because at the end of the day no i say that too much but like at the end of the day this is something at the end that of the day. if you have a large audience which we don't and that's why i'm talking about it but you could get in trouble for <laughs> saying shit like this you know, yeah. if you're in a position of power, yeah, that's absolutely if you have a true. large audience, if you have a platform to stand upon where a lot of people listen to you, you can get in a lot of trouble for saying the shit that we just said. Yeah. RFK 2024. And one I'll day stop. maybe we will. Who knows? <sighs> My God. He's, he really is great. You should. A anyway. <laughs> I'll send you some stuff. I'll send you some stuff and maybe you'll. Oh, God. Save your propaganda it's for not later, propaganda. lady. It's just him talking. It's not propaganda. <laughs> That's not propaganda. propaganda. That's literally pro it is propaganda. I feel like we have very few. It's okay. I mean, I'll listen to your propaganda. Listen to my propaganda. I listened to yours, and I feel like we have very few elites left in this world that are like trying to do good. You know, like they're trying to use their power for. Yeah, we should just get rid of no, elites. We, they're trying to use. We there are good. They, they, it's Eat a thing of the past. Like decent, well-meaning elitists or not elitists, just elites, <laughs> just born into this world uh, with with a quote unquote silver spoon up their ass. But like they use, they take the spoon out of their ass and they wash it off and they feed it to the poor. You know, like that's not common anymore. It used to be like your duty to to give back mm -hmm. and nobody does that anymore and that's a part of the reason why we're in such a like a, a dirt hole everybody that makes under a billion dollars a year is literally living you know below sea level I, I think there's something to be said about someone that comes from an elite family and is still <laughs> using their powers for good and a lot of people feel terrible ways people feel all, all sorts of ways about the kennedys but I, I do think, from what I have seen, there's a reason they've been plucked off one by fucking one. And I, I sadly think that he, RFK Jr. may be next, but we'll see what happens. You think everyone's going to get assassinated at all times? Uh, yeah, no, I think everybody's gay. I think everybody's going to get assassinated. Obama too. I think everybody's... <laughs>
I think, you know, I mean, it's like, I think everybody's all of these things, but no, I, I really, I really do feel like he is in a, she thinks everyone's yeah. autistic, but her. <laughs> She's the most I'm autistic. Really <laughs> no, you're like mid-level autistic. I'm high, I'm high, I'm high functioning human. Spectrum disorder be damned. Um, I, I, I worry about him cause he's saying a lot of, he's saying a lot of shit that, that I feel I've felt before he came on the scene. I didn't even know he existed and he just, he just started saying things that were on my mind already. So of course I'm going to feel some sort of kinship with him. That's how I felt about Bernie. He, the system fucked him. He, he, I know you can't tell me that man did not have the popular vote. People loved, people loved him. him. He would have won. He, he would have Disney won, princess. but he didn't stand to make any money for anybody that um quote unquote mattered so that's why they ate him up yeah you know they chewed him up uh, and spit him out and it's super disappointing and i'm not a bernie crap but he was wronged yeah anyway i'm i'm freezing i gotta get off here (laughs) my room is so cold (laughs) i'm really hungry too this is a very productive conversation please don't sue us it's fine do it. Yeah, we have no yeah, money. You can't get blood from a stone, as they say. That's uh, either a that? ghost or your child. No, it's something oh, below me. Definitely a ghost. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Thank you for listening to Millennial Fight Club. If you want to follow us elsewhere, our Insta is Millennial Fight Club, Twitter is Millennial FC Pod, and check out our Patreon for bonus and uncensored content.